Hello and welcome to the Monroe Method Clancast. I am your host, Jason Monroe, which you should probably know by this point. And this is episode 7. A very late episode 7. Because after two years, almost two years of dodging it, COVID finally caught up with the Monroe household. Um, Starting with me, I think. I went to the boxing couple of weeks ago, ago in Glasgow with some friends, stayed overnight, went to the pub, etc. And I came home with a very sore throat because I shouted myself hoarse at the boxing. Um, and then that kind of continued, turned into a cold and eventually turned into a positive COVID test. And then we all got it, apart from my eldest son, who's now very proud of his immune system. But this week, everyone's back to work, nursery, childminder, school, etc. I don't have a tickly cough anymore. I'm not coughing every two seconds, which made check-ins and stuff very difficult. But I do have a nice hot cup of tea, just in case. Because uh, how good is hot? Are hot drinks on the throat? Anyway, I look back. So last weekend, I asked for suggestions inside our coaching group. I went and had a look, and there weren't any. Um, everyone talking about how much they're enjoying the podcast and recent episodes and stuff, but there weren't any questions or any suggestions of topics to cover. So, it's up to me, and I will talk about whatever I damn well want to. So I was having a look through the last six episodes and just seeing like the titles and the things that I've spoken about. And I've probably touched on slimming clubs, but I don't think I've went properly, properly into them. Um, I have been leaning a little heavier on slimming clubs on my Instagram in the last week or so. So I think it's probably, I think we're at a point now where, yeah, this is a good platform for me to, like, it's all good and well putting up a post with a caption. And uh, yeah, you can get like a brief, a very brief, whatever it is, 2000 character insight into my thoughts and feelings and opinions on slimming clubs. Um, and then people will form their own opinion based on that snapshot of what I said in the picture and this, you know, the brief caption. So yeah, this will be a good chance to go a bit deeper um, and explain to people what the issues are, not just my issues, the issues are with them. And it won't all be bad. I'm going to talk about the pros and benefits of them as well. So... One of the reasons that I talk so much about slimming clubs on Instagram is, is to, it's to open people's eyes. I'm quite literally right now looking at my phone and all the recent graphics I've put up. And if anybody's seen that film Bird Box with Sandra Bullock, where they all have to wrap their eyes up and they can't look at these things that are in the air or they go crazy... There's a scene in that where the guy sneaks in the house and goes upstairs and holds a woman's eyes open and opens a window. There's this meme that I've made of me and it's basically me saying, me trying to show people Slimming World wants to enslave them for life. And and that's kind of what my thing is on Instagram because I know from years of experience with thousands of clients um. I'm just slipping that in there again because I don't want people to think that I'll make this stuff up. This is me drawing from the majority of the people that I work with because this is the the niche that I've landed in. Helping X, Weight Watchers, Slimming World, Fad Dieters, Yo-Yo Dieters, Crash Dieters, 
heal their kind of broken relationships with food and rediscover what it means to eat again, what it means to live a life that doesn't revolve around chasing numbers up and down on scales. Um, and yeah, what I find is that, you know, much of the feedback I get from people is that I didn't, you know, they didn't realize, they didn't know. It wasn't until I read this post or I started following you or I started listening to your podcast or whatever the case may be that I realized just how messed up my relationship with food had become from following these plans. I have worked with thousands of people who are heavier now than they were when they first started going to these slumming clubs. And the problem is that they are so incredibly normalized. Like joining Slumming World or joining Weight Watchers is just a completely natural thing to do for many people. Joining them multiple times over and over again, people don't see an issue with that. They just think that's what you do. Oh, you you go away, you go back to normal, and you put all the weight back on again. And then once you get to a point where you can, uh, you've had enough and you want to do something about it, you go sign back up again and do it all over again. And people believe that this is just how it's supposed to be. Because you are in an environment where you're surrounded by groups of people that are all doing the exact same thing. And it feels completely, it's like a different world. It's why it's called Slumming World. It is an, an entirely different world. One of the comments on one of my posts recently said that... Um, they rejoined. They hadn't went for years and they rejoined and they went in and it was still mostly the same faces having made no progress, going through the motions, doing it all over again. So let's talk about what the problem is with not just Slumming World, but these kind of weight loss groups in general. I should have written some kind of keynotes to talk about this, but I do like these to flow a bit naturally. So where would be a good start point. Okay. Let's talk about this post that I'm looking at right now. Me trying to show people Slimming World wants to enslave them for life. So let's talk about that. Now these plans, I'll tell you about what I do first of all, right? So I'm a nutritionist specializing in try, you know, doing my very, very best to help people learn how to manage their weight. I'm not just helping people lose weight. That's a byproduct of the other work that we're doing. I'm trying to teach people how to live at their goal weight. And while we are doing that, as part of that process, their weight will naturally come down to meet them at that level. With the hope being that once we do reach the end, this person can then carry on mostly doing the things that they've been doing for the amount of time that they've worked with me, and they should be able to go on and maintain their weight. In the nicest possible way, I don't want to see people again. I do not want repeat business. That doesn't mean to say that people don't go off and do their thing and then come back again. We do get plenty of people that come back. They leave for various reasons, um... Something happens in their life, financial reasons, whatever the case may be. There are various things that go on with people that means they do drift away and then they do come back again. But in terms of, like, the, you know, I shared a testimonial today. In terms of, like, the kind of testimonials that I share, and I'm very specific about these. I don't share testimonials from people that 
are at risk of yo-yo dieting again. I'm very specifically asked in one of the, the testimonial questions, how confident are you that you can now take everything you've learned and go on to be successful on your own? And unless they say, yes, I am completely confident or 100% confident, I know I, I have everything that I need to go and do this on my own now, then I wouldn't share that testimonial. But it's not happened yet, fortunately. Um, so th that's just a bit of background of my thing. I want to help people once. If I can do that, then I have done my job. Then we come to things like Slimming World and Weight Watchers, where these plans are absolutely designed with your future return custom in mind. They invest lots of money and lots of time and lots of effort into repeat business. Just think about it. Think about all the WhatsApp messages you've had from old consultants. Think about all the leaflets that come through your door. Think about all the emails that you get. For people that have been uh, members before, think about all the emails that you get. Facebook messages, WhatsApp messages. Hey hon, how are you? Just checking in to see if you've still got weight to lose. We'd love to see you back at group. You'll always be welcome with a friendly face and, you know, all that shit. They invest so much in getting you to go back again and again and again and again because it makes sense, right? Nobody, you know, a farmer doesn't have a cow milk it once and then never get milk from it again. That doesn't make much money. A cow gets milked over and over and over again. And that's essentially what is happening to people that are going back to the same thing, to yo-yo diet over and over again. You're paying the same money to lose the same weight to the same person that didn't help you last time. And it's madness. It's absolutely nuts. It blows my mind. And the thing is that it, it can blow my mind because I can see how crazy it is. But people that are so deeply trapped in that world that don't know anything else when it comes to the way. All they know is that they go to Slimming World at 7 o'clock on a Wednesday in the local church hall. That's just what they do. They do what they can at home. They count their sins and they have their healthy extras and they you know, eat all the three foods. And then they go, they, they do their crazy way day ritual. We'll come on to those. Um, and then they cross their fingers and hope for the best. Now, here's a quote. That I use quite a lot. Let me see if it's on this post. Or maybe I didn't. I've put it on one of these. Maybe it's this one. So this quote is from a guy called Richard. Was it Richard Samba? I'm going to have to Google it. Richard Samba. Weight Watchers. I want to Google it because I want to be accurate with it. So that I'm not spreading misinformation. So he said, and now this is Richard Samba, former finance director of Weight Watchers, okay? A former director, financial director from Weight Watchers said, if a person cannot maintain the weight loss, then they will keep returning to the company. 
it's successful because 84% have to come back and do it again. That's where your business comes from. So that's straight from the horse's mouth. That is straight from someone involved in the company or was involved in the company, no longer the finance director. Maybe it's because he said that quote, who knows? Um, but that's that's what it is. This is what I keep kind of pushing on Instagram, trying to explain to people, you know, I know that you. this is what you've been doing for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, and it's all that you know, but can you not... Um, can you not now see that this method that you are pursuing to help with your weight is the very thing that is keeping you trapped? Because every time, what was the other one I posted recently? Um, it was a, a, a Twitter thing. I think it was just on Sunday. I don't know who needs to hear this, but if the diet truly worked for you last time, why do you have to keep going back again and again and again and again? So how many times have you said this? I know it works for me. I know Slimming World works for me if I can just, if I'm motivated enough, if I am dedicated enough, if I am strict enough, I know it works for me. And I would counter that with what I've just said there. If it works for you, then why are you going back? Why do you keep going back again and again and again? If your goal is specifically to lose weight temporarily and put it back on again, then yes, Slimming World is working for you because that is what it is designed to do. And they do that through the, I was going to say through the education, but it's more like the lack of education. So they have this complex, I'm not going to go into the details of the plan. Um, I do have, I still have my mum's old Slimming World book around here somewhere because I like to fact check and make sure that I'm posting things that are accurate. Um, but we won't go into the the kind of exact details of what's what. Most people listening to this will know, especially if you came here because of the title of the podcast episode. Um, but yeah, it's the lack of education. So they create this complex plan. In fact, this is how all diets are started, right? Here's what happens when someone decides, I, you know, I did this thing once where I think I did a, a live chat on it inside our coaching group and said, here is how I would create a fad diet if I was going to use it. And, and they try to tell you that these are all done with nutritionists and dietitians, and, you, you know, there's all these professionals behind the scenes making sure these plans okay are okay. Um, so the only way to lose fat is to create a calorie deficit. So you let's imagine standing in front of a whiteboard and you write up the words calorie deficit and you draw a big bubble around it. And then you say, okay, now what other things do we need to have as a bare minimum for people to lose weight healthily? And someone shouts out, a protein goal. Let's make sure they're not getting any less than the RDA, which is 0.8 grams per kilogram of body weight. Let's make sure they're not getting any less than the, the, the minimum RDA. And they go, okay, protein no less than 0.8 grams per kilogram. What else? Nutrients, micronutrients. We need to make sure that they're getting yeah, nutrients from fruit and fiber. Okay, okay. Uh, sorry, from fruit and vegetables. Basically your, your fiber intake. Okay, let's make sure that it's going to um, promote 
people getting their five a day. Now, how can we word all of this in a way that means that these people need to come to us? So like me, for example, calorie deficit, calories, macros. There's millions of, maybe not millions, hundreds of thousands in the people, hundreds of thousands of people in the world doing that because it's a universal language. Everyone, everywhere, in every country, I imagine, knows what calories are, knows what macronutrients are. These are general, scientific, widely accepted scientific terms. It's the reason that, you know, I can work with people all over the world, people in Australia, in the Middle East, in America, um, some European countries. Where else have we got people? Anyway, all over the world. Canada is another one. Um, did I say America? Um, so yeah, it's a universal language. But that doesn't sell. So, for example, when people come to me, they're coming to me because they want to work with me specifically. Not my brand, not the name. Slimming World is a well-known name and you're working with just whoever the consultant is at your local group. Um, so in, in the way that works is you you if you want to do that plan, then you just have to go find one of these meetings. Whereas the way I do things, because it's so universal and you know anybody can do it anywhere, people that work with me, they have to buy into me. They're not, you know, you don't buy into your consultant and work with a specific consultant because you love what they're doing. You're buying into Slimming World because you've saw something in the paper or a magazine or online or whatever. Anyway, um, so yeah, they stand at this whiteboard, they create this diet and they say, okay, what can we do now to make this specific to us so that people can only come to us and get it from us? And this is where the nonsense terms start to come in. Let's create a language that people can only use when they are in our world, our slumming world. So let's let's talk about healthy extras. Let's make sure people are getting these micronutrients that I talked about. Let's make sure people are, are, are staying healthy and getting the essential vitamins and minerals they need. Let's, let's put these healthy extras in here. And let's say that they're only allowed to have this much of this and this much of this. Healthy extra A, hex A, hex B. Um, if they want to have any more than that, then they have to start using their sins. And then they'll talk about sins. So, And then they'll have these lists, right? What are healthy foods and what are unhealthy foods? What are good foods and bad foods? All that bad stuff. I'm not supporting that language. I'm sure I've spoke about that in another... I have spoke about that in another episode. I don't use good and bad language, but they would. Um, because that's what sins are, right? All of that stuff adds sin values to it. And then all of this stuff... Let's call this free food. So let's give them permission to eat as much free food as they want, but let's restrict them on the other stuff and let's limit them on how much of these healthy extras they can have. And it's just completely fucked up. For want of a better word. Um, they push... Oh, do you know what? I've got a leaflet sitting here on my desk, but I would make a racket if I tried to get it out. I ranted about it on a... On a uh, an Instagram live one day and it was all about freedom taste the freedom freedom from the pitfalls that have kept you trapped and freedom from the things that have kept you in this cycle and all this shit and it's like no you're not 
You are the very reason that people end up in this cycle. You profit from people being in this cycle and paying the same money to lose the same weight that they lost with you last time and the time before that and the time before that, etc. So, the way that they don't educate you is by not educating you on anything valuable. Yes, you might know how many sins are in X food. And yes, you can probably rhyme off the top of your head, you know, what what healthy extra A you can have and what healthy extra B you can have. But when it comes to living in the real world, where is that applicable? Go to France. Ask someone how many sins is in something. They'll look at you like you're a crazy person. This language is limited to this world, limited to this company, so that you have to pay the money to this company to be a part of this plan. Now, if you are someone that has been going to Slumming World for 5, 10, 15, 20 years, you are at a point now where everything that you eat, everything that you look at, everything that you think about, you are analysing what it is. Is that free? Is that a sin? Is it this? Is it that? You've lost your ability to look at food for what it is. Everything's just sins and healthy extras and free and all the rest of it. So the way that they enslave you is by not educating you on anything useful. Nothing that you can use in the real world. Nothing that you can take anywhere else with you. And that creates a lot of anxiety for people, especially when it comes to like going on holiday and stuff. I mean, how many times do you see people say, I'm just going to go on holiday. I'm going to go on holiday. I'm going to forget all about dieting. I'm just going to enjoy myself. I'm doing inverted commas here. Enjoy myself. Now, everyone has their own version of what enjoy themselves means. For the most part, I find that people tend to mean overeating, overdrinking, and then getting back on plan. Hashtag on plan when they come back. Now, any diet that claims to be a lifestyle You should not need to go hashtag off plan to be able to go on holiday or enjoy a meal out or enjoy a night out or enjoy a weekend break. And this is coming back to, I think we've done this in another episode, talking about black and white thinking and, you know, talking about the five traits of successful dieters. You know, they get away from that thinking. They realize that life is just one long track. Life is just one long plan. It's not something you get on and off. Sometimes you'll have holidays and breaks, sometimes you won't. But we don't need to do, you know, split it into these polar opposites. So, yeah, through lack of education, they enslave you for life. And then comes the next part, and this is where they start to get very clever. So you go to your weigh-in and you lose weight. You've lost a pound this week. Well done, you. Round of applause. Didn't Karen do well? Um, and they'll kind of emphasize the fact that, you know, you've done great, you were totally on plan and look at the results. And then next week you go back and it's a pound on. And then it all becomes very patronizing and it's the blame game. And it's, okay, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Everybody slips up sometimes. Um, but don't worry, we're, we're going to help you get back on track. Let me just take a look through all of your stuff. Oh, I can see that you did this here and you did that there. Um, and then that's, this is where all the bullshit starts. Okay, you're not drinking enough. You're drinking too much. 
You're not doing enough body magic. or You're exercising too much. You're not using enough sins. You're using too many sins. Oh, you're, you're not eating enough. That's my favorite. You're not eating enough to lose weight. Fuck me. Because that's everybody's problem with weight loss, isn't it? It's not. It's that we're not eating enough. There are a few people in the Western world that aren't eating enough. Um, and yeah, and this this is the next part of the bullshit. The stuff that, you know, if I... God, it would be difficult, wouldn't it? I was going to say, if I asked someone, tell me all the nonsense that you believe about nutrition, they wouldn't know where to start because they just believe it to be true. And it's the reason that, you know, I, I do this inside our coaching group all the time. I cover so many different topics in daily posts. And to me, it feels like I'm covering something so basic and so simple. And yet the replies that you get, people's minds are blown by it. They can't believe it. They want you to explain it more. But I thought this... I was told this. I love it when people say that. I was told. Who were you told by? A Slimming World consultant. An unqualified Slimming World consultant with no background in health or nutrition. Absolutely no qualifications. Eight days of training. That's what you get. That's how you can become a consultant. Eight days of training and it's not even all at once. It's split up. Um... Do you know what? I was actually, I was planning to make a meme today of someone going for a job interview. Hi, welcome to your Slumming World job interview. Uh, what qualifications do you have? And then the next picture would be a, a before and after photo on a clipboard and a pile of money. I forget what it is. I should have checked before I started, but it's a couple of grand anyway to take on a Slumming World franchise. Um, and then the next picture, great, you're hired. Because that's all it takes. You... If you have, in fact, you don't even, you don't even need to know much about the plan. God, I've spoken to people who were approached by um, Slimming World scouts, we'll call them, at the first ever Slimming World meeting they went to. How do you feel about being a consultant? What do you do for work just now? Would you like to make some extra income? Should it was a first meeting, <laughs> and they tell you that you're meant to know the plan inside out and have a great understanding of it to be a consultant anyway. And it really, it starts to annoy me, this stuff. So let's take it away from the negative for a moment and come back to the positive. A question I got asked last week, why does the NHS, why do GPs um, encourage people to join Slimming World and Weight Watchers? Even why do some people get handed vouchers to go and do this? And it's a tricky one because for me, like I know how damaging slimming clubs are for most people and I'll say that with complete confidence I will say with complete confidence that slimming world and weight watchers and slimming groups whatever other ones there are um do more harm than good now it's it's not enough that some people find success that's not enough as as a health practitioner, as I am, as a nutritionist, when I was doing my nutritionist qualifications, one of the first things we are taught, and it's the same with, you know, like your GPs and doctors, is number one, do no harm. So when I am coaching and I'm working with people and I'm making quick decisions, the, the thing that's always at the front of my mind is, is this piece of advice I am about to give this person going to leave them in a better position or a worse position? Now, 
People that join us, I'm not going to pretend that every single person that joins us is a success story. We don't live in that sort of world. I believed that once upon a time. It was a very naive belief. I just assumed that I was going to work with a few people, that we're going to stay for ages, and we were going to do great. It's not like that at all. Um, <clears throat> but the way that I have set things up is is very much about making sure that when people join me, regardless, absolutely regardless of how much they do or how far they go, even if they don't get started and lose any weight, I have set things up so that that person is being exposed to accurate, honest, genuine information, helpful information that they can take through the rest of their lives with them. And it's my hope that, hopefully... (laughs) Every single person that joins me, regardless of how much work we do together, leaves in a better position than before they joined because they will hopefully have picked up something helpful or something that's debunked some of the unhelpful information that they have. So when I'm coaching, it's always at the front of my mind, this piece of advice I am about to give, is this going to do more harm than good? If so, then don't do it. You know, if someone says to me, I'd like to drop my protein goal because um, I feel like I'm eating nothing but protein and I feel like I'm missing out on other stuff. Now, some coaches, especially personal trainers, would say, no, absolutely not. You need to be having this much protein. Whereas I would weigh up everything that someone's saying and saying, do you know what? Yes, this amount of protein would be good for you on paper. But if it's making you feel restricted and you feel like you're missing out on other things and then that's potentially going to lead to you being unhappy or miserable or even performing binge type behaviours, etc. We would say, yes, let's let's reduce your protein goal. It's not ideal on paper because of what we know and understand about protein. However, look at all, look at all this other stuff that this one thing could help avoid. And that's what I mean about kind of more harm than good decisions. Um, So yeah, it's one of the first things I am taught or I was taught when I did my nutritionist course. And then we have Slimmer World where, again, you are working with someone who has absolutely no qualifications or background in nutrition or health. They don't they've not been through any sort of formal qualification. They they are someone that has gone to a Slimming World meeting or Slimming World meetings. They've lost some weight themselves. They understand the plan to some degree, but everything that they know about the plan was taught to them by their consultant. Their consultant, who also has no qualifications, who was also taught by another consultant when they became one, do you see what I mean? It's essentially the blind leading the blind. You know, so if, if I was if I was just a Slimming World member and I'm going to these meetings and I watch this consultant and they say, you're not eating enough, you're eating too many sins, you're not drinking enough, you're exercising too much, you need to stop going to the gym, it's slowing down your losses. That's what that person is learning. That's the, that's the sum of their education. And then they become a consultant and they start to pass that shit on to people too. And it's completely messed up. But yeah, I think I kind of wandered off the point where... <clears throat> oh yeah, I wanted to come back to that. Um, when it comes to stepping on the scales, 
So yeah, I'd said that, you know, when people, when people lose weight, it's great. Look all the things you're doing right. Here's a great example, everyone. Here's Slimmer of the Week. She's 100% on plan and look at her results. And then you have the person that's getting handed the wooden spoon. I don't think they actually do that. Um, in fact, I've seen Slimmer of the Weeks getting handed a wooden spoon. People send me some crazy pictures. Anyway, you know, when someone has a gain or a maintain, it's like, mm, you know, you can... I've never been to a Slim World meeting. I'm not going to pretend that I have. However, I have spoken to thousands of ex-Slimming World members. I have spoken to, I've worked with probably not quite a hundred current and ex-Slimming World consultants. So everything that I am telling you, I have learned from the horse. I've even worked with people who work in head office at Slimming World. It was their job. They, they, you know, they they used to send me menus of, um, you know, like the the balls that they do, where they do like Mister Sleek and Slimmer of the Year and all those awards and things. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I'm well versed on what goes on behind the scenes. I know how money orientated it is. I know it's all about bums and seats. But the purpose of this. Uh, so yeah, the, the purpose of this is just to try and help opens people open people's eyes up a bit using what I know from all the people I've worked with. Um, so yeah, it's a gain or a maintain, and then the mood in the room changes. You know, it's it's like someone's watching a football match, and you know, someone scores an own goal, or your your team concedes a goal, and everybody goes oh, and their heads go down, and you no, know, that's that's what it's like. And it you know it, it's seen as this failure because there's this expectation that the scales should be going down every single week (laughs) and the problem is stepping on the scales once a week is categorically the worst way to use the scales I cannot think of a worse way of tracking progress than weighing yourself once a week. And yet, this is what they do, because, well, how else would they do it? If they can't gather you in one place once a week to get your 595 off you, in fact, from what I've heard now from someone I spoke to recently, you pay it regardless, because it's a direct debit, it's not cash, it's whether you go or not, you're paying your £6 a week. Um... But yeah, if they didn't have weekly weigh-ins, then what would they do? But it's it's the way it's always been done, and it's it's widely accepted by many people that that's just how you do it. And it's nonsense, because your weight fluctuates all day, every day, especially with women. Like people, predominantly, it's women that go to slumming groups. Predominantly, it's women that I work with. It's very difficult to get men to become a part of a kind of group like that. It's very much seen as a female thing. You know, when I look at my insights on my Facebook group, the coaching platform, um, if I looked at it right now, it would say probably it splits at ninety five percent female, five percent male. And yeah, the point there was. Um, when there, when you have a menstrual cycle involved and you're trying to weigh yourself once a week and you're going through the different phases of menstruation, um, your fluid retention levels change. 
you feel bloated. Your weight goes up and down and up and down each week. So you could have a couple of pounds of fluid retention and lost a pound that week, but that one pound loss is seen as a one pound gain. So waters went up two, fats come down one, you've overall gained a pound. And then what happens? How do you feel about that? How do you feel about the language that they then use? How do you feel about that person digging through your food diary, looking for the looking for that one thing they can blame you for? Because they won't take responsibility for it. The plan will never take the responsibility for it. They don't teach you anything helpful about your body. They don't talk about that. They don't talk about weight fluctuations. It's all very much the blame game. And it's all very much... If anything goes wrong, make sure you're blaming them. Make sure it's all on them. If anything goes right, credit it to the plan. And this is where this kind of psychological abuse starts because that's what it is. You are being psychologically abused by utter nonsense and it just it builds and builds on that dependency on the plan where you're a failure on your own, you're a success with us. You're a, you're a failure when you deviate from the plan. You're a success when you're 100% hashtag on plan. And that's what feeds this monster. That's what feeds the beast that you believe you find success. I, I see it all the time. So when people first join me and they join on the one-to-one membership, they go through their starter template um, and one of the things we ask is about diet history. Give me a bit of background into your kind of dieting history. And they'll, they'll list all the things that they've done and they'll say, I've had the most success with Slimming World. Now, depending on how they've worded it, like I'll use that as an opportunity to educate. You know, tell me more about the success that you've had. Um, how many times have you been? Well, <laughs> you know, and then that's when it starts. Well, I've been nine times probably in the last 12 years. Okay, and what was it about it that was successful? Oh, I reached my target weight. Cool. What happened when you stopped? Oh, I gained the weight back again. So can we then call that a success? Because that's the problem. The success stops at the target. You believe, you are led to believe, you are encouraged to believe that reaching a target weight is the end point. That's the success. And that's it. Nobody talks about what comes after that. Because this alleged lifestyle that you now have is supposed to have transformed you and you're now supposed to be carrying on and be able to maintain that. But you can't. Because you cannot live a life where you count sins and free foods and all of that stuff for the rest of your life. It really gets, it really, really gets to me. So anyway, yeah, I don't think I did the positive thing. So who is it actually helpful for? After me saying all of this, it doesn't take away from the fact that some people, that's how I got distracted because I said the majority of people were unsuccessful. And then I started talking about do no harm and stuff. Um, it doesn't take away from the fact that some people find success. God, I, uh, Nikki McPherson that I've worked with, she was a Weight Watchers magazine cover girl. She was flown to London, I want to say. I won't find out my Instagram in any length of time, so I'm not going to bore you while I scroll my Instagram. But Nikki 
was a Weight Watchers cover girl. I'm sure she was flown to London, given clothes, given, you know, hair, makeup, everything done. Asked leading questions to get her to talk about things. And she's shared it on her own page plenty of times now um, about how misleading and backwards it all was, how she didn't learn anything, how it just made her relationship with food even worse. And that's the thing, they, they've taken this person who has just went from one number to another number and then broadcast it to the world. Look what this person achieved with us. Not asking any of the real valuable questions. What is your relationship with food like now? How confident are you that you can carry on and maintain these results? Do you think you're going to be a Weight Watchers member for the rest of your life? These are the things that people should know about. Um, oh, what did I get distracted with again before I started all that? Okay, so who does it help? It's difficult to come on to who actually helps. So yeah, there are people that it is good for. There are people that have done well. And that's great. I am genuinely, from the bottom of my heart, happy for you. But it's not fair. It's not fair that for your success, there are 20 people that are being destroyed by slimming groups. It isn't fair that the needs of the few are prioritized over the needs of the many. But look at these few people that we're putting in the magazine. Look how great they're doing. Look how wonderful they say it is. Okay, well, what about the thousands of people that say the opposite? And when I post these things on Instagram, I'm very specific about the way I word things. I even put like little disclaimers in it. If you can't relate to this post, if this thing that I am posting about doesn't meet up with your personal experience, then fuck off. Basically, I don't say that, but I can say it on my podcast. But honestly, it's like, here's me talking about a specific situation and you want to come in here and start defending something that didn't happen to you, like completely invalidating other people's experiences. I can't remember which one it was. Was it the Spider-Man one, maybe? You know, and someone jumped on it and says, oh, I must be one of the lucky ones because I did great. Like, what is wrong with these people? You've read, you've looked at the picture, you've read the post. It does not align with your experience. There are 60 other comments on the post, all talking about how much these plans have ruined them. And what, what is it that you are contributing? Could you not miss an opportunity to tell all these people that they're all wrong and that you're right? It, oh man, it's one of the things that really gets to me. Anyway. I'm trying to talk nicely here. Oh, this is that's where we went. Yeah, so the the NHS thing. Come back to that. Because um, this was the part I was trying to get to. Why do they give out vouchers in the NHS? Here is the thing. When Slimming World and Weight Watchers is the lesser of two evils, then it would be a good idea to suggest it to someone. What I mean by that is, imagine someone who is obese or morbidly obese. The doctor knows that they are quite literally killing themselves with food, with their lifestyle, with their behaviours, with their habits. Now, in that situation, anything, doesn't matter what it is, 
anything is going to be better than what that person is currently doing to themselves. You would agree with that, right? So someone is massively overweight. You know, they've already developed type 2 diabetes, their blood pressure's through the roof. You know, they've got sleep apnea, everything else that goes along with this. Not only that, but they're, they're reducing their life expectancy massively. Um, high risk of heart disease, stroke, etc. In that instance, giving someone a voucher and saying, why don't you give Slimming World a try? That could be the thing that changes that person's life. That could be the thing that adds years onto that person's life. Okay, so in that situation, yes, a great thing. But for the general population, recommending that people go to Weight Watchers and Slimming World isn't a great idea because... In my experience, I'll preface that with, the majority of people that do go to Weight Watchers and Slimming World, they do not come out the other side of their experience in one piece. They are, they have very warped ideas around food, they have food phobias, food fears, they exhibit binge binge and restrict tendencies, They very much believe in good and bad foods. The language that they use is terrible. And the thing is, they don't even know it. They don't know it. Because as I said earlier, when when people are so deep in that world, they do not know any differently. They think it's normal to starve themselves on weigh day. They think it's normal to to wear as few clothes as possible and take off all their jewellery and go to the toilet as many times as they can before they get weighed. They don't realise how disordered that is. They don't realise how disordered it is to stop off at the Chinese on the way home and buy a massive Chinese and overeat after weighing. Because they're surrounded by other people doing the same thing. What are you going to get tonight? What are you going to get tonight? Well, if it's a loss, I'm going to go straight to the Chinese and I'm going to get this. But if it's a gain... I'm going to have an SP day tomorrow. Speed foods. How could I forget speed foods? Um, at speed foods, it's like a day where people basically eat very little. It, it's another re- it's another way that Slumming World facilitates binge and restrict behaviours. Oh, I, I, I ate a little too much last night. I'll have an SP day today. Massively restricting. Anyway, I know this has been a bit disjointed. And all over the place. But, yeah, I just want to try and get my side across in a more detailed way and have people gain a kind of deeper understanding of the issues with these slimming groups and the damage that they are doing to most people. Like, I think I would hope that the key takeaway from this is that these plans are absolutely designed with your future return custom in mind. They are entirely, completely and entirely money orientated. It is entirely about getting bums in seats. Um, you know, and getting people to sign up to countdowns and making sure that money keeps rolling in because these, these people employed by Slimming World, yes, they have no training, sorry, little training, eight days, no qualifications, but they have invested in a franchise and this is their income. This is their extra income. I worked with a lady who uh, lived in London as a Slumming World consultant and she was making mega bucks, she told me. However, 
she reached a point where she walked away from it all because she just, she, she got to the point where she got absolutely fed up trying to tell these people, you know, trying to give them the excuses. You're not doing this, you're not doing that. You need to stop going to the gym because it's slowing down your results. She got to the point where she couldn't feed them this bullshit anymore. And she packed it in and she walked away from all that money. And, you know, that makes her a wonderful person. Um, doesn't make the other ones terrible people. Because the thing is, many of them, they just don't see it. They don't see the damage that they are doing. They don't understand the damage they're doing. People that comment on my post and say, but if it's helping people, what's the problem? It's not helping people. There are very few people that it's actually helping. There was a post, one more thing about I posted it on Instagram. It was that kind of side-eye monkey one. Um, if you know what that's, if you know what that one is. And at the top, so the monkey's looking kind of side-eye and then looking straight on again. It says, when your, when your slumming world friend is telling you how great their relationship with food is now, as they look at them, as they look at the menu asking themselves, what am I allowed to eat? I mean, hopefully that makes sense if you've followed me for any length of time and understand that we have permission to eat whatever we damn well please. You have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want. It's when you start to impose these food rules that you start to lose control around food. You know, if I say to someone, you have unconditional permission to eat whatever you want, whenever you want, they would just, you know, many people would laugh and say, oh no, I'd end up the size of a house if I did that. But it's because they don't get it. It's not, that's not enough just to give to people. Oh, you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want. That's not enough. There has to be kind of support and guidance that goes along to help people reach that point. You have to have a good relationship with food to be able to do that. And you will never have a good relationship with food most people won't, following Slimming World. Do you know what? I actually want to find this leaflet now because I want to talk you through it. I've just been thinking about it. Got it. Okay, final point before I wrap this up. So I got this leaflet through the door. Now, I spoke about this on my Instagram on my Monroe Method page that I've not done videos on for ages. Um, so it's this little fold-out leaflet put through your door, stamped on the back. Join a warm and friendly group here, Denny or Bonnie Bridge. So on the front, here is a picture of two people Man's giving the lady a kiss. Slumming World, taste the freedom. And on the inside, it says, Taste the freedom. The freedom to enjoy the food you love and still lose weight without counting a single calorie. At Slumming World, the counting's done for you. The freedom to make your own choices, to eat in, eat out, and to take control. The freedom to get more active in a way that suits you and your lifestyle. And best of all, freedom. Now, this is the important part I want you to listen to and remember. Freedom from the habits and pitfalls that used to hold you back. We'll help you to understand yourself as a slimmer, giving you the know-how and power to develop healthy new habits for life. You'll learn to identify your own danger zones, whatever a fucking danger zone is, that's terrible language, and to make foolproof plans to overcome them. And what if you don't? You're a fool then. All this in a community of new friends sharing the same goal, blah, blah, blah. And then it goes on to get a quote from the people that were on the cover. Okay, so this is Lisa and Graham. Okay, I'll read this out and I'll tell you what's wrong with it. 
Slimming World has taught us so much about food. What's healthy and what's not. And so much about the psychology of it all. Now, I'll explain to you why this is terrible. So, when you view food in this light, when you live in this world of polarised thinking, black and white thinking we call it, or dichotomous thinking, the world's split into two parts, right? Good, bad, healthy, unhealthy. There's no middle ground. There's no open, There's no place for the middle ground. This mindset, on plan, off plan, off track, on track, similar things. This mindset is the very thing that keeps people stuck forever. They're either dieting or they're not. They're either gaining weight or they're losing weight. They're either on the wagon or off the wagon, etc. Then, you know, they'll, they'll eat a, I'm not going to have that. Not giving themselves permission to eat. I'm not going to have any chocolate today. And then they have a bit of chocolate. Oh, I've already been bad. I might as well keep going. I've already been naughty. And then they keep eating foods like that. So think about what I just read there. I just said, and best of all, freedom from the habits and pitfalls that used to hold you back. I would say that one of the number one reasons that people get stuck in this cycle with weight loss is this black and white thinking, either doing or not doing. I'm either dieting or I'm gaining. I'm either eating um, like diet mode or I'm in eating normally. And yet here is this quote, which completely ruins what they've said about this freedom thing. Slimming World has taught us so much about food. What's healthy and what's not? Literally telling you they've been taught about healthy foods and unhealthy foods. Good and bad foods. So this plan, you know, according to this thing, they are going to free you from the habits and pitfalls that have kept you stuck and held you back. And yet here is Lisa and Graham who are still stuck and they don't even realise it. And yes, they might go on and maintain their weight or they might stay at Slumming World for the rest of their lives. Who knows? But it's a great example of how people do not realise what's being done to them. Of how people think that they've had a fantastic experience and have lost this weight and look how great everything is. However, I still believe that healthy and unhealthy foods are a thing. They're not, by the way. I've probably said this on the podcast before. Lettuce is a healthy food, allegedly. If you ate nothing but lettuce, you would die. There are no healthy and unhealthy foods. There are certainly healthy and unhealthy combinations of foods. Diets as a whole, a diet comprised entirely of fish and chips and kebab shops wouldn't be great. But that doesn't make fish and chips or a kebab an unhealthy or bad food on its own. Anyway, I'm almost at the hour mark. And if you are still listening to this, because I know it's been a bit... Um, I don't want to say ranty, because I'm not trying to rant. I'm just trying to enlighten. Because it's so difficult to get this stuff across on social media and try to keep every post as well balanced as possible and make sure they don't turn into like arguments between people. Because that's what happens, and that annoys me as well. You know, I'll post something that's as balanced as possible and then people will share their experiences and then someone will come on and do the, well, I did fine thing and then arguments kick off and it just ruins the post. Um, so yeah, hopefully I've covered everything in this. <laughs> if I haven't, 
as ever, drop me a message. Oh, something I wanted to start doing here was lots of you have been taking screenshots of this and sharing it on your social media when you've been listening. I would love for you to do that. If this episode has been helpful, I'm going to say this at the end of every episode now. If this has been helpful or useful, take a screenshot, put it on your Instagram stories or your Facebook stories if you use those. Or your Snapchat, I suppose it's people to still use Snapchat. I've not used it for years. Put a screenshot up, write a little bit about, I don't know, what you found good about it, what was helpful, what was your takeaway, and tag me. Because one, that helps me because I get new followers and stuff. Um, and two, it's just a cool thing to do because it makes these really worthwhile. I've had some incredible, I've actually got a few messages to reply to today. Um, someone sent me a message yesterday telling me that they binge listened to all of these over the weekend and it's like a light bulb went off on many things so yeah as ever reach out to me get in touch drop me an email drop me a message anything just let me know if this is helping you even if there's like other things that you want me to cover as well because i didn't get any suggestions this week um so i just chose this <laughs> and i'll be doing another one this weekend basically straight away because i was meant to record this one a week ago so this weekend coming is another podcast weekend so yeah get in touch give me suggestions give me ideas um, I will talk about everything and anything. If you want me to drill down deeper on anything I've spoke about, because I feel like I've kind of crammed a lot in without too much deeper explanation, um, yeah, let me know. Other than that, thank you for listening. Um, I honestly, I get such a buzz, no pun intended, because I actually host this podcast on Buzzsprout. I get such a buzz when I get an email from them every week saying, your podcast is had. 300 downloads this week or you've had over 1500 listens that's so cool anyway enjoy the rest of your day we will catch up again very soon